Iyer's on the road. Parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Well, it's always to be with you on every day listening to this, and especially because it's spring. Springtime in the Rockies, springtime everywhere. And you know, what else could we talk about, Linda, on a day like today? What else could we, what other topic could we possibly choose than Easter time and how to make Easter a more significant power and force and celebration and involvement within families? That's true. I I can't imagine a better time to think about Easter. You know, when we say this, often in different worlds and different religions and so on. Um, maybe it might get some people's back up, like we're not Christians, but we had a really eye-opening experience when we were in Jordan a couple of years ago. Our taxi driver, who was a Muslim, said that, of course, they, they believe that Jesus is a prophet and taught wonderful things. And in fact, they had even named their baby Mary after the mother of Mary because they admired and loved him so much. So I think whether you're a Christian or not, or whether you're a believer or not, it really is important to think about the marvelous teachings of Jesus Christ. I always tell Linda she's too sensitive. You can't be too sensitive, I guess, but uh, 99.9% of the listeners to this show are Christian. And so we're just going to talk a little about Easter. And one of the things that I always feel, I mean, I'm glad you were sensitive toward it, honey. I'm just saying, you know, um, we're going to spend a lot of time on that. But, but what I think we do need to spend a little time on, along with the sensitivity, is why do families spend such an enormous amount of time on Christmas? I mean, that is clearly the biggest holiday. But if you were to look at it in a certain way, you could make an argument that Easter really, in terms of what it signifies, is a more important celebration than Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. It's the most amazing occurrence that has ever happened in the history of the world, as far as we're concerned. And, and that's what most Christians believe. So I do think that it's important to really zero in and think about and maybe get some ideas out um, about what you can do to make Easter bigger, more important in the eyes of your children and your families. Well, and let me just say one sort of sweeping thing. I hope it, this doesn't sound too grandiose, but one of the one of the reasons we are really focused on Easter this year, and we're writing our Deseret News article on it this week. Those of you who get the Deseret News, take a look when it comes out on Wednesday. And those who who don't, go on DeseretNews.com and read it. But the reason we're so focused on Easter is that we've been thinking a lot lately about something that our dear friend and mentor taught us years ago, Stephen Covey, who we miss so much now that he's gone. But he made the most interesting observation one day to us, and he said at the lake where his family had been going for years, literally for generations, and a lot of good Christian families went there every summer. It's Lake Hebken up in West Yellowstone. And he said over time he'd observed something very, very interesting. And that is that there were many devoted, wonderful, strong families there. But he said he was just sort of in his own mind, not to be judgmental, but he sort of categorized them into families that their main concentration was church. That was their main concentration, church and religion. 
And the second group, their main concentration was family. And of course, these overlap. And there was a third group where he felt their prime concentration, even though they were concerned about religion and about their family, obviously their focus concentration was Christ and was Jesus and was, was trying to learn to live and think like Christ. And he said over time what he'd observed is it was that third group, those who focused primarily on Jesus, who had lost the least of the relation, the, the, the relationships had stayed the strongest. They hadn't lost any of their children. They, the communication was open. They supported each other. And he said the other two groups did well too as families, but not as well as the one where the main focus was on Christ. So even if you feel like you're focused on your family and on your children and on your marriage, and even if you feel like you're active in your church and, and, and your religion, that doesn't take the place of a concentrated effort to help you and your children be aware of Christ himself and his life, his example, his character, and his teachings. Well, I have to say that our children have done a lot better at celebrating Easter than we did when they were little. That's true. I mean, it really has evolved through the years, which is wonderful. But, I mean, you know, we, uh, actually, we loved a movie called Jesus of Nazareth, and we had a intimate relationship with the guy who produced that in London when we were living in London. And so we, we watched that every Easter and so on. The kids were very aware of, of what happened. That was kind Easter of the main thing so we did at Easter. That's kind of the main thing. But now these kids have gotten so amazing at what they do during the holidays, or especially during Holy Week, which is starting on Monday, uh, or Sunday, actually, Palm Sunday, is tomorrow uh, for us. I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but... Uh, Palm Sunday. I mean, let me just give you a little rundown of, of what our kids have been doing. This is our oldest daughter, Saren, and she says, On Palm Sunday, we read from the scriptures about Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem and then act it out using weeds for palms and the dad for the donkey. I mean, that's we all have the nativity scene, you know, at Christmas time, but that is a really fun thing to do with your kids. And, the and kids, Palm Sunday, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's always the Sunday preceding Easter. Right. And the kids yell, Hosanna, <laughs> when the donkey <laughs> comes in. I mean, you know, that's pretty dramatic. But if you've got little kids, they would love to do that. And just get a, a feeling in their mind about what is happening during this last week. Um, then on Monday, I'm not going to read all this, but we read the scripture. So this is a whole week of observation. Absolutely. Up they start on Palm Sunday. Yeah. So on Monday, we read the scriptures and reenact Jesus' cleansing the of the temple. And there's some, you know, dramatic things you could do with that, too. But it really is important to have this in their minds of what did happen during that last week of, of Jesus' life. On Tuesday, we dye the eggs. The first one has to be red, according to a Bulgarian custom. Now, red meaning the color red. Yeah, Saren was a Saren was a missionary in Bulgaria, and so she loves to do that. But well, that's the, when they dye their eggs the red, on Tuesday. The red represents death, and the egg on the inside represents new life. So the Easter eggs are not just a bunny coming and rolling down the hill and so on. It's symbolic of Christ and of his uh, 
sacrifice for us and so on. And on Wednesday, they talk about the parables of Christ, and especially during that last, um, during that last week. He gave some very poignant parables for that very purpose because he knew he was leaving. And it's so interesting to have those fresh in your mind. And they talk about the miracles of Christ. And, and there's a, there is a, a great YouTube video on Christ's miracles. Oh, there's so much on LDS.org. If you just go to that and put in Easter, you will find videos that are marvelous. I've been watching them the last few days, and they're just short. There's something that your kids can grasp. And uh, it really is, I mean, I don't know. There's something about reading the scriptures. That's well, that's the special. fastest way to maybe but get also, kids into Yeah, something yeah. about seeing visually how it looked or how it may have looked when he was there. Then, and on Thursday, they have a simple Passover supper. Now, some of our children, Sadie in Boston, has a very elaborate Passover supper. And she invites friends and neighbors, and they really enjoy that Jewish tradition of the Passover but uh, Saren suggests just a lentil stew and pita bread. That's, that's about as simple as it gets. Well, and then, of course, what they're talking about during that special um, supper, Passover supper, is the Last Supper and the Garden of Gethsemane and what happened with Jesus. And, and actually, that uh, many people believe that it was in the Garden of Gethsemane that Christ really performed the atonement and that the suffering there was greater than on the cross. And so Thursday becomes a very big day for our daughter and her family's celebration of Easter because they talk about the garden and about Christ bleeding from every pore as he took upon him the sins of the world. And then Friday, they watch a movie called The Lamb of God, and it's only about 20 minutes, I think. Uh, it's also on LDS.org, and uh, you can find that easily. Um, but it's just something that really sets your mind in that era, that time, and what happened. And the kids just suck it in. They love it. They love knowing what it's all about. And, of course, this is Good Friday. Um, and we won't go into the details on that. But kids as young as three or four are really able to understand a lot of what you talk about if you use this movie for a launching. Yeah. And then you'll, some of you will be glad to see that it's not all religion because on Saturday they sort of give in to the Easter Bunny and the egg hunts and all the fun stuff. And they usually have a neighborhood Easter egg hunt and so on. And, and that, in a way that's a little like, it's kind of the same battle we fight as parents on, on Christmas. We want the kids to focus on, on Jesus and on his birth and on Bethlehem and so on. But if you try to shut out Santa Claus altogether, you know, you're going to have problems. And so this is kind of the same thing with Easter, that all through the week they're focusing on various aspects of Christ and trying to help the kids feel the power of Easter. But then on Saturday, hey, let's, let's go out and roll the eggs down the hill and the Easter bunny comes and eat some candy and have some deviled eggs and have a good time. Deviled <laughs> eggs, you mentioned. That's your favorite thing in the world. i got to remember that. Um, and play games. They've got their whole neighborhood organized with this, and half of them are not religious, uh, not members of any church, but they really in involve them, and I think that is really a great idea, too. And then um, on Sunday, of course, Easter morning, um, they again watch these little clips, and, and so that the kids are very aware of what happened on that resurrection morning. Uh, before they go to church or after uh, when they get home, they're 
I don't know whether you do Easter clothing for your kids, but, you know, you can set that out. It does make it exciting for them. Shawnee, our other daughter, actually has a crazy thing that they do. They have um, Easter baskets attached to strings. And so their strings go all the way through their house to find their Easter basket. They, their string is by their bed, and then they follow right. the string all through the house to find it. Anyway, there are some, there are some really fun things you can do, but also some very serious things. And then they also, I think this is a great tradition, they, they, all the kids get something new to wear to church on Easter Sunday. And that could be a little new dress for a daughter or just a new shirt or a new tie for the boys. And they really dress up. And after, after we take a brief break... We're going to tell you, we're going to expand on that dress theme just a little bit, because one of our personal favorite things to do on Easter Sunday after our own church meeting is to go down to, in Salt Lake City, the Calvary Baptist Church, and you'll hear some real celebration of Easter and some real praise the Lord, and you'll see some dresses and hats like you've never seen before. We love it. We'll talk a little more about that right after this little break as we continue the theme of celebrating Easter in our families. Ayers on the Road, parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. You know, we, we ended, we were talking a little about going to a Baptist church on, sometimes on uh, on Sunday after we finish our own church service just to kind of extend the whole Easter spirit and because there are a lot of different ways to to worship God and to worship Christ. We didn't do this when we when our kids were little, but now we sometimes do. And, you know, one way is very so- somber, very solemn, very serious. And another way is with a lot of praise and a lot of hallelujahs and a lot of big hats and a lot of big dresses. And who's to say that they're not all wonderful ways to uh, to celebrate Easter, don't you think, honey? Have you got a hat for this year if we go down? I don't. Well, I have a hat, actually. Yeah, I could get you a big on, Easter yeah. hat, yeah. Actually, we love being... Um, with different religions and cultures um, who love Jesus Christ because they they love him in, in a different way. I mean, we all we love him. We can all learn from each but other. They, the whole hallelujah and praise the Lord and all that, I just, I love because they, they really mean it from the depths of their souls. They are truly converted and they try to pattern their lives after the Savior. Um, they're just good, solid gold people. And I love being involved in that. Um, I just think if we could just do a little better job as parents and grandparents, just raising the awareness, just even as grandparents, we can let them know how important Easter is to us. I, I mean, I don't know how how effectively we've well, done that. Yeah, well, and how important Christ as a, as a person, as an individual is to us. I think sometimes that can get lost. I you often hear little kids say, well, I believe in the church and I believe in my family and so on. Maybe not often enough that they, they believe and love Jesus himself. It's, it, it's a little story, maybe, maybe a lot of you have heard this, of the little metaphor of a parent who walked into a, a child's room and the child was trying to assemble a really hard jigsaw puzzle and and the and the the dad said, "Oh, I, I, it's a little tough for you, son. I don't think you'll be able to put that together." And 
And then he went off and did something else and he came back to the child's room and there was the puzzle completely assembled and he thought, my word, I've got a genius, I've got a prodigy on my hands. How did you do that, son? And, and the son said, well, I turned the pieces over and on the other side there was a picture of a man and I put that together and then I turned it back over and, and the puzzle was, was all in place. And in a way that's like the gospel, it's like it's like uh, religion in general can be complicated sometimes and involve many different parts and aspects and doctrines and teachings and moral dilemmas and so on. But if we focus on Christ, if we put him together in our minds, that one being, then the, the whole puzzle comes together. And, and I, think, I think we all know that as Christians. We need to focus on that as we try to teach our children to make Christ the very focal point of their thought process and of their lives. And what better time to do that than at Easter? Um, actually, we will put uh, two or three links up on byuradio.org um, so that you can go to these documents. We have a daughter who, with a friend, did a four-week thing, and including a week after Easter, too, we can keep the concentration on it. It's very detailed. Some of you may say that's too much. But. Yeah, but it gives you the parables, it gives you the scripture references, things that you need um, if you really want to do this with your children. And then, um, actually, it's so funny because she put this up on her blog. This is Sadie who lives in Boston. She puts on her blog... And somebody commented, uh, this was a four-week thing, you know, 40 days, or let's see, 30 days. And somebody uh, commented, a Catholic, said, well, you realize Lent is 40 days, yeah. right? You know, so, I mean, and our it was kids... still a little short. <laughs> remember, remember when our kids, in fact, I think some of them still do, they give up something for Lent. They start 40 days before... Easter and give up sugar or give and that's really really hard well if it if it helps you to focus on Christ so you're thinking about that all the time it's kind of like just a mini fasting for 40 days because you're just giving up one little thing whether it's a getting mad at your kids I don't know if you could do that for the whole days but um, it really <laughs> is a, it's so interesting the more we have something that we can use to focus our minds on where it should be at this time of year the better off we are yeah now um you may say, well, great. I mean, those are some good ideas for helping children to focus more on Christ. What about ourselves as adults? And, and isn't it true that the parent's example will always teach the child more than any other thing? And of course, that's true. And so we do want to give a little thought or a little gift or a little offering to you as a way to uh, maybe make a resolution it's not a New Year's resolution, maybe it's an Easter to Easter resolution of working a little harder to be more aware and focused and tuned in to who Christ was and who Christ is during the year ahead. And a great time to begin that resolution would be at Easter. And I want to tell you a quick story and then, and then give you a link that you can go to. Um, many years ago when we lived in England, we became concerned that uh, we and, and some of the missionaries we were in charge of, we were there as voluntary, uh, what, what our church calls a mission president, and we had hundreds of young men and women that were under our care, and our job was to supervise them and help them to be not only good missionaries, but good people. And I became concerned that on Sunday, when they were in church and were focused hopefully on Christ during the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, 
that maybe they were a little routine or a little rote or a little distracted in their worship. And so um, we started writing a little thing we'd send out to them each week, just one little facet of Christ, one little aspect of his character, his personality, the courage of Christ, the compassion of Christ, the strength of Christ, and just these little things. And after it had been a whole year, we realized we had about 50 of these. And um, the idea was, let's think about something fresh and new every week to make that sacrament worship more profound and more, more exciting, more meaningful. And so uh, we've carried on with that, and it actually became a book, which is a little hard to find now. But what we've done is we've put it online, and anyone who would like to use that, I, I think you'll come up with your own ideas. You'll come up with your own thoughts about Christ if you try to focus on a new aspect every week. But this little guide might be helpful. And the way to get it, we'll put this link on too. Give our producer, Ben, a few hours or maybe till Monday and it'll be up on the BYU uh, radio website. But I'll give it to you right now. If you just go to valuesparenting.com, all strung together, valuesparenting.com, in the left-hand menu, you'll see a little icon or a little line that says, What Manner of Man? And if you'll click on that, it'll bring you to this list of 50 different, I think it's actually 48 different facets of Christ's personality. And the idea would be to focus on a new one each Sunday as you go to church, and maybe Easter Sunday would be a good time to launch that idea. It's something we do every week, Linda, and I think it's one of the most it's one of the most practical, sort of down-to-earth, helpful things that we can do to try to keep our minds on Christ, not just at Easter, but throughout the year. Well, I have to tell you how much I admire you for doing this. Because we've had this book for a lot of years, and we've given the book to all the kids, and take this book to your church meetings and read it, and so on during the sacrament, so you can focus really focus on Jesus. Now, with this world the way it is now, we can get it online, and it's actually in Irish Free Books, as Richard said. But we we send out he Richard sends out on Saturday night a little clip. It's just something you can read in two minutes, but it just is a focus on what to think about during that week that will bring you closer to Jesus. And of course, what you learn is there's so much to Christ. I mean, there, we should always think during our worship about his, his sacrifice and his atonement for us. But beyond that, we can think about various facets, I like to call them, of his character and his nature, which we're all trying to emulate if we're true Christians. Exactly. So everybody has a phone. A smart phone. Some have Androids, some have iPhones, but they can all access it. And probably people think we're we're being naughty and checking email. Well, they used to think that, but everyone reads their scriptures yeah, on their phone do. now, anyway. So it's not as suspicious as it used to be to look at your phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I um, was I do a a great leader in the church, a great speaker. And uh, we were speaking together in a meeting once, and he was so irate because he said, um, you know, I cannot believe it. During conference, there are people, this is LDS General Conference with 21,000 people in that thing. And he said, 
uh, up in the nosebleed area. I was up there in the balcony, and, you know, there were six people on my row that were looking at their phones while they were playing with their phones while the prophet was speaking. <laughs> and I said, well, I, I think they were taking notes. I think they were. <laughs> no, 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 they were not. It is terrible. You know, it was really kind of amusing. I mean, and who's the judge? Judge, Maybe judge, they... <laughs> judge not that ye be not judged, right? right? Speaking of things that Christ said. But anyway, uh, I hope you'll, as parents and grandparents and even aunts and uncles or anyone who is connected into a family, which, it, let's face it, is everyone, I hope we can all think a little more about Easter as a, as a time of resolution, a time of improving ourselves, a time of deepening our own worship of Christ and our, our attempts to emulate him in various ways. And, and maybe even make it a kind of a turning point in life where we say during this coming year, starting with Easter, we're going to focus more of our attention and that of our children on the greatest guide for a happy life that has ever lived and who continues to live, namely Jesus. And as we do that, I think we'll all we'll all grow stronger and we'll give our children a great gift. And I don't know where you live when you're listening to this. We so often have people on the East Coast who say, I heard you on BYUXM. So it really is um, fun to think where you might be. I mean, where we are, it looks pretty, pretty gray still. We're up at Park City right now in Utah. But we have a daughter that's in Boston, and she's just praying that on April 1st, she'll open The sun will come her, out. <laughs> she'll open her weather thing, and it'll say 50 degrees. She's just praying that'll happen because they have had such a desolate winter. But um, for most of you, you're living with blossoms and the beauty of the earth, and it is such a wonderful time of year to wake up and think about the great thing that Easter is in our lives. And so if you want a little follow-up on today's discussion, um, read our Deseret News column this week and give a day or two and then come back and go online and go to byuradio.org. And there'll be the links there to several different things, our kids' blogs and books. Several ideas on how to do it. And in the meantime, let us just personally wish you a very, very happy Easter, and we'll see you next time on... Ayers on the road. Bye-bye.